and welcome back to I Need God Pod, a podcast that explores everything spiritual, religious, and in between. I'm God Lover Kyle, admin of the Instagram page I Need God in Every Moment of My Life, and today I'm joined by Stephen Adubato. Stephen is a writer and professor of philosophy based in New York City. He curates a blog, podcast, and magazine titled Cracks in Postmodernity, which explores sort of spaces for thought that open up when we move past binary thinking. In this episode, we talk about his religious history, how he converted to Catholicism as an adult, about his project Cracks in Postmodernity and what that means, and about celebrity culture and pop idol worship. From the VMAs to Lady Gaga to my own past as a Lady Gaga stan and beyond. So buckle up and say your prayers and get ready for a conversation with Stephen. Christmas Eve, stillness and then first rising. Maria is naked. Moonlight glints along a short passage of tangled wire that is as intricate as a signature that is taut enough to ingrain itself in the skin underneath her breasts. One upper thigh is blackly streaked with blood that is seeping from the rabbit wire that is tied just below her sex. She sits on the palias and loosens the persecutions. She uses a handkerchief to paint away the blood and the pink tracks along her skin. She stows the wires beneath her straw palias and gets into her habit. She goes out in the hallway as sisters Martha and St. Estef are, head- are heading toward the washroom. She puzzles over something she sees and hurries her steps. Sister Pauline holds her hands to her face, and farther down the hallway, Sisters Honoré and St. Stanislas are standing at the infirmary door, dully staring inside the room as Père Marriott sidesteps by them in a cassock and purple stole. Marriott hesitates. The sisters part so she can pass into the room, but Marriott halts and turns and scurries back to her cell. you amen <laughs> so what was that from so this was from one of my favorite novels called maria and ecstasy by ron hansen basically it's this it's a fictional story of a young girl living in upstate new york wants to enter a convent and has a kind of like ecstatic erotic experience and all the other nuns are pretty much jealous of her and plot against her oh my gosh out. yeah it kind of reminds me of um, Maria in The Sound of Music. Yeah. Yeah, in a way. <laughs> yeah. Similar. Which I love. What Do you know what year the book is from? I think this was like early 90s. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. Well, thank you for bringing that. I'll link it if anyone's curious awesome. to read it. Yeah. Um, so I'm speaking with Stephen Adubato. He is the creator of a project that you could find. It's a Substack. It's a podcast. Mm-hmm. It's an Instagram and Twitter called Cracks and Postmodernity. And welcome, Stephen. Thank you. I'm excited to be on. Oh, I'm excited to have you. I went on your podcast probably half a year ago yeah, at this almost, point. Yeah. And the audio came out pretty rough. I, I was know. getting messages like, 
I want to listen to it, but I can't. Yeah, and I'm we were like, sitting I'm in so Cafe sorry. Reggio next to the little place where the waitresses were like banging all the forks and plates. I it know. Was, yeah, it was very scenic, though. It was. It yeah, was it set the vibe. Yeah, yeah, it's different recording in public. It is. It is. It thing. changes things a little bit. Yes. Um. So basically, let's think. What are we here for? I'm interested in your relationship to religion Mm -hmm. and how that informs your spirituality and uh, what makes you interested in post-fraternity and the cracks within it. Mm -hmm. So maybe we could just start at like your religious background. Uh, That's a great place to start, like childhood, obviously. So were you raised into any particular sect? Yeah, in a way. So my father's family is Italian, so they're culturally... Roman Catholic. My mother's side is Greek, so they're Orthodox. Mm, great um, pairing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The two great civilizations. <laughs> so, no. So, my, my family's not super religious, but again, it's part of our culture. Right. And I was baptized in both churches, which technically... Is that allowed? No, it's not. Okay. You can only get baptized once. <laughs> right. But my parents, they wanted to please both sides of the family. You know? Right. Yeah, yeah. So, they didn't tell the priests. Right. Um, got baptized twice. And um, I ended up going to the Greek Orthodox Church more than the Catholic Church mm. just because, like, my grandparents were from Greece and oh. my Italian relatives were, like, in America for a while. So it wasn't, you know. It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's what I grew up with mostly. But again, it was never like, it's like you're Greek. This is what we do. Yeah. Know? That's how I am, too. I mean, my mother is Italian-American mm, and whole, yeah. her whole family is. So it was very, like we just do this. It wasn't yeah. like, it wasn't anything more than that, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And then, so like, I feel like when I was in school, especially getting closer to high school, I don't know. I just always had big questions. Mm. I wanted to know, like, I wanted to understand like, okay, why do we suffer? Why is there evil? Like, I remember when we first learned about civil rights mm. and we learned about Martin Luther King, like, I was shocked that someone would kill somebody who was doing good. And I wanted to know, like, why? Like, why does that happen? You were so pure of soul. Yeah, as a child, you know. (laughs) Maybe not anymore, but no. But yeah, so like I always had the questions. But even with good things, like with beauty, with art, with music, Mm. like where does this come from? What is this for? Right. So I was like at a certain point, I was like, I want to know the answers I want to know, like, is there something ultimate out there? Yes. And I ended up going to a Catholic university. They require you to study philosophy and theology. Oh, really? Yeah. What university? It was Fordham. Okay, so Jesuit yeah. priests run it. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, I'm really grateful that they made us study those classes because, mm-hmm. like, in public schools, high school, et cetera, like every time I would ask those big existential questions, they'd be like, oh, don't worry about those things. Just be yourself. Life goes on. And I'm like, no, like this is myself. Yeah. I want to know the answer. Like quiet your mind, yeah. child. Do yeah. not think. Basically shut up and don't ask questions. Yeah. But no, it was the opposite in those philosophy and theology classes because they're like, no, so you, sh- yeah, yeah. you should ask these questions. You're not crazy for asking questions. Mm. So yeah, like it was one of my philosophy professors professors was this old like 80 year old something woman who Mm -hmm. like you could tell like this she was the real deal like she she believes in something for real so Mm -hmm. like she hooked me up with one of the priests there I met you know a community of students and eventually I was like you know what 
I want to like live this seriously. Like I want to be intentional. Mm-hmm. And before, like before I stuck with Catholicism, I, ex- I tried to do orthodoxy a little more. I tried some Protestant churches. I visited mm-hmm. like Pentecostal ones. Ooh. Yeah. But at a certain point, it's like all the people who are helping me were Catholic. So I was like, you know, what? I'm just going to say this is your this. path. Yeah, yeah. It just made sense. Yeah. You know? That makes sense to me. It's nice that you were found that, that you found that. And I think like people who have philosophical minds and like ask quest- big questions, mm-hmm. like that's exactly what religion's kind of for, yeah. or at least sp- like theology and spirituality. So it's cool that that's available. <laughs> no, <laughs> so, it is. Yeah. I never had that exactly. And I feel like I could have gone down a different path if mm-hmm. I had encountered that as a younger person maybe yeah but it doesn't change doesn't change that i'm still also like philosophically minded i guess or just like i'm interested in thoughts and stuff and like answers yeah Yeah. and like i think the most important thing it's like the the theoretical the abstract like it matters but at the end of the day what like helped me in the most concrete way was having relationships with people who actually took my questions seriously and like didn't try to like ignore me or brush it off. Like yeah. those relationships, those encounters were like, what really, what really helped at the end. Of yeah, the day, crucial. You know? Yeah. So you didn't, so you, you didn't have to really convert to Catholicism since you were already no. baptized, or did you have confirmation as a teenager? So the thing is, in so like I was baptized Catholic when I was three months, and then the next month Orthodox, and they give you all your sacraments as a baby in the Orthodox Church. Oh, so technically I was confirmed as a baby. Oh, but I needed to publicly acknowledge I was in communion with the Catholic Church, so they did like a profession, quote unquote, ceremony. Okay. Like to profess your faith. Yeah. So like you read the creed, the I believe in one God, then there's a mass. Very simple. Mm-hmm. But it was like we had to call a canon lawyer at the New York diocese because my case was so weird. Oh my gosh, wait, a canon lawyer? Yeah, like we had to find out like on like on the books, like what does someone in my situation do? Because like at first they're like, oh, you should enter into like the Byzantine rite of the Catholic Church. Right. And then they're like, no, wait, but you never like, you never willfully converted to orthodoxy because you were four months old. So technically you've always been Roman. It was confusing. They didn't know what to do with you. No, but we're just like, just let me be in the Roman Catholic. And someone who has to like, who checks some, does someone check off a box like a bishop or someone's like, you're Catholic. Yeah. Like, and the priest helping me. So he was a Jesuit and he was what they call bi-ritual. So he was both Byzantine and Roman. Oh, cool. so he did both types of mass, just but like you. Bye. Yeah, bye. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, but he like he called. He worked it all out, and I was like, "All right, whatever you say, I'm just gonna go for it." Oh, yeah. that was in undergraduate school. Yeah, I was undergraduate. Wow. Yeah. Did your parents or family think anything of this? My Greek side, they felt like I was betraying being Greek. Oh, they were dang. upset. Oh and no. And the Catholic side were like. You know, cool. It's cool and all, but like you, like Catholicism. Like, what's wrong weird. with you? <laughs> like, do you really want to do that? Yeah. Yeah. So. And do you still go to? Do you go to mass now? Or like, yeah, yeah you do. Oh yeah. I so like, I when I first converted, I tried doing the Latin mass thing just because, like, the Byzantine liturgy is so much more elaborate than the Roman, and, sure. and like like the contemporary Roman right. mass. So like right. the Latin was like, okay, this is a little better, but all the people there are so weird. 
You know? Yeah, it's so, not what the Pope wants. No. <laughs> so then at a certain point, I was like, maybe I should go to the Byzantine Catholic liturgy. So yeah, when I, I went can, to one once. Yeah, I mean, it's beautiful. Yeah. You know, so I try to when I can. If not, honestly, like I prefer going to like the regular mass, but in another language. Oh, like Spanish or like something? Spanish or Italian because is usually immigrants and for them like they're just less cringe about it mm, yeah know? like american yeah. catholics are annoying so word sometimes yeah. i go to mass around here i'm in crown heights mm-hmm. in yeah. brooklyn and there's i think it's called saint michael's maybe or it's maybe it's saint something else but i've passed by there yeah it's like it's mostly black people mm-hmm. so but it is a normal mass like a regular mass do they but do it felt gospel co- music a, only a little bit okay. like they had a steel drum once at one mass or like sometimes they'll have like a really good soloist the music isn't always the best but sometimes it really hits yeah. otherwise it's some of the regular like yeah. hymns from the 60s or no, whatever no, we don't like that. you don't like any of them the 60s like, be no. not afraid or lift high the cross uh, or you know what i mean I eagle's guess. wings no 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 eagle's wings. no <laughs> when you die you won't have that at no, your funeral we we're doing in paradise and we're doing okay latin. you're doing yeah. latin so yeah. you love the, the old- hellenistic yeah you think about the roman empire yes i think about the roman empire (laughs) okay i do what do you think about it um i mean they're pretty fucked up as people like they were torturing people in really like insane ways Mm -hmm. but you know they accomplished a lot too they found christ they killed him they killed him they killed him and then they they accepted him eventually and they accepted him eventually you know it's, it's rome what are you gonna do Mm-hmm, it happened. Yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Greece and Rome. A lot Greece, of are... I mean, I kind of feel more proud of the Greek mm-hmm. civilization because we weren't as much imperialist. Yeah. We were more philosophical. We weren't as decadent as the Romans. True. So the Greeks did. And it a predates lot. the Roman Empire, right? Yeah. yeah. They still ever It's like a rid- more original in a sense. Yeah. But, you know, both are good cultures to have in my blood. So I'll, I'll take both. Yeah. Why not? Okay. Pride for your heritage. Yes. Yes. Cool. Okay. Well, I was curious about all of that. Do you believe in God, the Father Almighty? I do. I do. Okay. Can you define God? Can I define God? Not adequately, but um, to the best of my ability, yeah, God is the creator. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I, my in my experience, I can say, like, mm. yeah, like, God is... I mean, I know it's cliche, but God is love. Like, mm. my experience of God is this, like, this infinite love mm. that, no, I can't fully wrap my head around, but I've... You've experienced I've experienced. God. I've seen, like, a demonstration of, the, of like, being loved by the creator. So, yeah. Oh, that's my God, that's my amazing. Yeah, yeah. Love that for you. Yeah. I'm just curious. That's something I'm going to start asking people, I think, every episode. Like, define God, yeah. because you can't, obviously, or we fail, but... It's interesting to hear. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, okay, so you are an academic in a sense. A uh, pseudo-academic. A pseudo-academic, I that's better. Be. Yeah. And you teach at university. Sometimes, yeah. And like yeah. when you teach, what are your classes named? Um, it's mostly philosophy classes. So mm-hmm. like philosophy of human nature, ethics, metaphysics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ethics and metaphysics. metaphysics. When you teach metaphysics, what do you teach? Depends on the semester. Right oh, I see. now, 
I'm doing I'm doing a lot about Rome and Italy because I'm taking my students to Rome. Oh my god! Semester. So doing a lot about you know coming out of Italy. Mm. In the past, I've I've done a book by Matthew B. Crawford called The World Beyond Your Head. I think a lot of your listeners would be into it. Okay, but he's a contemporary philosopher who's like. Very into the post-liberal thing, but mm-hmm. in a way that's like, he's just very anti-automation. Like we got to get our hands on things again and like be engaged with the world. Mm. And because the world is fascinating, like that's his whole thing. Like mm. reality is really interesting once you really look at it closely. Yeah, true. Yeah. And like everything is not everything, but it seems like there are forces or powers that are trying to you know, remove us or disengage us from that maybe, or like automation or yeah. Like part of me wants to just lay down with a screen on my eyes forever. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, but like the more things are automated, like it concentrates the power into the hands of a select few. Mm. And that's like, that's the thing. Like it's, it's not just that it's bad for us to be attached to these screens, but like we lose our agency and mm-hmm. it goes to someone else who then dictates what mm-hmm. we're doing. So, mm-hmm. so no, like I, I like teaching that stuff that has a kind of social cultural consciousness. That's good. Yeah. The kids need to know. And they enjoy it. They enjoy it. Yeah. And they engage. They do. The most part. Yeah. When do you ever bring up like, uh, you know, cultural examples and they're like, I've never seen that. <laughs> um so like because i'm 10 years no i'm like what 12 years older than some of them sometimes it's like oh that's cringe you're a millennial oh. <laughs> but no but i like i try to pull up the most contemporary stuff yeah. and they you know they're like surprised that i know something like what like i do andrew tate like we do like what's mm. behind his philosophy we've mm. done aoc mm. <laughs> And we George do, Santos. Santos, I don't know about that. <laughs> but, but then we do like, you know, the Tesla's the automated cars. So, you know, okay. different like yeah, stuff. Like if you can't drive, then yeah, that's the worst thing that could ever happen. I yeah. feel like I yeah. hate that. When you get run over by a self-driving car, then what? Exactly. Yeah. Mm. It's not <laughs> worth it at the end of the day. So. Yeah, we have to be the drivers of our own lives, yes. I guess. It's really, really hard. Metaphorically, Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, school is school, I guess. It's not that interesting. But it's like, I mean, your project is like academic in a sense because it's called Cracks in Postmodernity. And what makes you passionate about this project? Like, what is it per se? Could you explain it at all? Mm, It's hard to explain. It's, um, but yeah, I mean, I wanted to do academia. I realized that it's all a joke. And also, I'm not smart enough. So I may as well just do something that's like kind of intellectual, kind of poppy. Okay. Yeah. So this is, this is my like middle ground, but, um, but no, like the idea behind it, I just, I don't know, like in college, we did a lot of post-structuralism, a lot of post-modern theory. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I came to have faith at a certain point and I realized like, in in like the mainstream discourse, these like progressive ideals are juxtaposed with tradition. And I'm like, oh, I don't really know if it's that simple. Mm. Um, I I don't know. Like, and where I, does it lead us? Uh, yeah. I mean, I just think that like postmodern thought opens up a lot of really important questions that 
the Enlightenment modernity tried to cover over. Mm-hmm. And again, like you could take it to to these like super relativistic, nihilistic conclusions. There's no truth. There's no God. Sure. Mm-hmm. But it could also open the door to rediscovering certain eternal truths that were, again, that were covered over by Enlightenment rationalism. So that's mm-hmm. why I think like Nietzsche is really important. Like, sure, he declared the death of God, but he also opened up a new path to discover God in a new way. Right. So that's that's kind of my thing. Like, let's dig a little deeper into what postmodernism is proposing and see, like, can we rediscover certain things about even about being human mm. in a new way? That's yeah. nice. Yeah. Yeah. Like God is dead, but it's like not. It's like Maybe, the old yeah. idea of God. The old might idea be of God. But perhaps yeah, but God, like God is, is present still in a present. new way. Yeah. I definitely yeah. feel that. And I think I don't know how many more years it's going to take, but. I feel that there's something new forming and that we're in like a messy stage of like something big happening with God. (laughs) Yeah, because like rationalism, we all know there's like it doesn't work. Like we can't rely on human logic to save ourselves. Right. But also like these... these revolutionary theories that were claiming that they were going to save humanity, like they're not working either. So like there has to be something that transcends all this. And whether you you find that through traditional monotheistic religions, whether it's through another form of spirituality, like I think most of us are seeing we need something more. We need God. Yeah. We need God we at do. every moment of our yeah, lives. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. I'm, it's, I'm getting it a little bit. <laughs> Very slowly, slowly getting there. Uh-huh. And you've made it to the end of the free portion of our episode. If you'd like to listen to the full thing, um, the rest of the conversation is available on our Patreon at patreon.com slash I need God. Head over to that site and sign up to unlock the rest of this conversation as well as 24 more full length episodes about different topics in religion and spirituality. As always, we'd like to say a prayer for those of you who've joined at our angel tier those of which I cannot do this podcast without. So if you will, please just close your eyes and take a moment to pray with me for Allison White, Carson Reeves, Casey, Dakota Garcia, Jenna, Neve Parker, Nikki, Nicole, and Tyler Hill. For them, Lord, hear our prayer. This episode was kindly edited by David Sutron.